Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. Still here in Texas. Uh, still uh, enjoying the uh, summer heat, as as it were. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be here and excited to talk football, as always. Yeah, so today we're going to get to your Twitter questions. We got a lot of really good ones. Uh, a lot of people making fun of me for my wing uh, comment last week in the uh, Twitter oh, questions. Oh, man. If that, that doesn't come, if that doesn't come back up, I, I mean, I don't know what we're doing It, it here, probably honestly. will. But okay. uh, All right, this question comes from JJ. Other than Micah Parsons, which rookie do you predict will have the biggest impact in year one? Hmm. Well, I mean, I think you're I mean, obviously the, the hopeful answer is Kelvin jo- Joseph, right? I mean, the hopeful that's it, that's answer what is you that, hope happens. Yeah, that's what you hope, right? Is that he comes in and, and is able to kind of, at the very least, eventually wrangle that cornerback two spot. Um, you know, either a couple of weeks into the season or you know, mm-hmm. at, at the least midseason, you'd hope, right? Um, so, I mean, that's kind of the 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 easy answer. Um, or at least the hopeful hope, answer. Right. Yeah, I tell you who I hope it's not. I hope it's not like Josh uh, Josh Ball, right? Yeah, I mean that would be that would be good, <laughs> bad, right? That would just be a bad indication of things, right? For sure. I, I think I think the most realistic is probably Chauncey Golston because yeah, I think that's fair. After Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence, there's just not a lot there. And I thought about Osa Adigiziwa, but he actually I feel like has more competition for snaps than what. Golston has right like he's sure. got Gallimore and Tristan Hill ahead of him at the three yep. technique spot I think Golston could come in and play 30 percent of the snaps on defense maybe well I mean the other thing too is that you know we talked about this being a possibility but it, it really does sound like they're leaning into the idea of him getting de- defensive tackle snacks yeah. snaps as well sure. snacks as well as well uh <laughs> I, th- I think I think he you know clearly shown that that means that he's going to get more opportunity because if he's getting opportunities to play in, in base defensive end situations and then getting kicked inside and pass rushing downs, uh, he's part of that kind of rotation of guys that they have in the middle. Uh, yeah. There's going to be a lot more opportunity for him, especially maybe early on as compared to someone like Joseph, who, you know, you, you know, once you become a start, starting cornerback, you play a ton more snaps than defensive linemen. Yeah, but but yeah. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if early on, while they were kind of working Joseph in, if if Golston wasn't getting a lot more snaps just because he could be moved around and played in different well, spots and, and be very useful to. I think more. part of the appeal for Golston for the Cowboys too was I think this is like a pro ready player, right? Somebody yeah. who can step right in probably doesn't have the the same ceiling as other defensive ends that were picked around him or other guys that they selected. But the appeal is hey. He plays hard. He he works really hard. He can come in and give us good rotations. He'll right learn away. quickly. Yeah. He was a fifth year exactly. player at Iowa, went mm-hmm. to the senior bowl. I just think it's it's I think it's pretty likely that he has a significant role this year. 
Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, I think that's a good choice for sure. Um, you know, like I said, Joseph is who you hope because he's your second round yeah. pick and you needed yeah. help at corner. But I think if you're being realistic about, you know, guys with opportunities and 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 uh, where they're kind of floor and, and where they are in their career versus what the Cowboys needs are. I think Olsen is a very obvious yeah. answer just because of, of, of the mix of all those things. All right. This next one comes from at arguing underscore Cowboys. Are we hearing so many good things about nation, right? Because it's peak. <laughs> Look at this guy in the practice yeah. field season, or do you think he can actually win and be active on the game day roster this season? I, I think that that's what we have to still determine, right? And that, that's yeah. that's kind of more the training camp part of this answer, right? Is that mm-hmm. I, I think you're you're certainly right to be sus of of what we've been hearing, uh, you know, in training camp, mini camp, because you know what's what's the circumstance around that, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. he's playing in shorts. They may be playing in, in in shells, but it's you know it's not full speed contact. I, I think a lot of the reason the reasons that we're hearing a lot about nation right is because we didn't hear a lot about him pre pre uh, draft, you know, yeah. we didn't know a lot about him. So, so really any information um, kind of uh, 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 really is, 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 is desired because, because a lot of Cowboys fans have no, no information here. Right. And I think, you know, you, you throw in the fact that, uh, because no one knew who he was, that uh, there's a huge amount of drive uh, by, people that think that it was a reach to kind of get information there and the people that want to believe that it's good to get information there. I think that there's just, there's a lot of demand for nation, right? Information. And then that kind of helped. And then on top of that, because of that demand that was probably built into going into minicamp at training camp, right. he on top of right. that was making plays. So it became, he became a very easy person to write about uh, because, you know, I mean, I, obviously with, with these training camp reports that we get, it's, it, you know, they always talk, Zeke looks good or Cooper looks, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, sure, it's sure. the same cast of characters. So when you get a, a new guy out there who's actually doing something in practice, uh, there's there's going to be a tendency to kind of rave and rant about it. So I think it's it's great start. It's fantastic to hear for him. I think he has the tools to potentially uh, uh, to and, and he's in the experience to 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 take some snaps this year to be on the field a little bit this year. I think training camp is going to dictate just how much you know we think he will be able to to step in right away and help. I, I don't okay. imagine. I mean, I don't imagine him like. I mean, he would have to have a really great camp to to kind of step in as like the number two cornerback. You know, I mean, it, it would well, have to be. I, I don't even know if the Bulls would do that. Like, I don't no, even no. know if they would do that. Like, because he might he might be the second best corner on the team. Like, he could show that in camp. But I got I, I just don't believe that they're going to put that guy out there against Tom Brady in Week One. You know what I mean? Maybe, yeah, well, yeah. yeah I, I mean, that's the schedule could play a lot into that. You're right, absolutely. The, the, be just the, who they're facing. The Bucks and the Chargers in weeks one and two. You probably don't want to ruin a kid's confidence right yeah. away with uh, expose them. Yeah, um, that's fair. This question, really quickly, Landon. Uh, week ten, who is starting outside or opposite of Trevon Diggs? Is it Anthony Brown? Is it Nation Wright or or Kelvin Joseph? I think it's Kelvin Joseph. I, I mean, so. I, I, I think by that point, you know, things will have been straightened out and, and he will uh, be at a spot where his natural athleticism and talent will, will shine through. I mean, he's a super talented kid. Like right. you can see that on tape. Um, so if he's able to kind of sort this out rather quickly and, and figure out, you know, 
NFL life and, 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 you know, his assignments and that sort of thing. Uh, I don't have very many doubts that he'll skyrocket up the depth, the depth chart at that point. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Lane, this is a, a really, a really good question from Gabriel. I know you're not a basketball bones, guy. Bones, you got to have bones in the wings. That's what I, is that what the question is? I'm sorry, no, I didn't mean no, to interrupt. It is not. Uh, we do not have to talk about that today. Uh, Gabriel, <laughs> Ben Simmons got me thinking, and I know mm. you can. You don't know mm. if you know who Ben Simmons. is. I'm aware of. I'm aware enough okay. to answer the question. I think I, yeah. I just another failed Philadelphia athlete. Yes, um, yes. Who on the Cowboys is a candidate for the furthest free fall at the end of the season? You know, a guy who is on this team that we ha- have high expectations for uh, that does not live up to them. I actually have an Ooh. answer. If you want, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Give give the an answer because that's that's a good one to think about for a sec. I think it's Leighton Vanderash. I think there's a chance, and I, I, everything we've heard from Leighton Vanderash is good so far. Like this is the best he's looked. Um, he's in great shape. He's excited, but there's a chance, Landon, that we get to the end of the season and he's just not part of the plan at all, right? Like it's just yeah. he's not a good fit. They decide to roll with you know maybe Micah Parsons and Jalen Smith and Keanu Neal's the weak side linebacker on some snaps. I just think there's a chance that this is a former first-round pick that doesn't have an impact at all by the time we get halfway through the season. That's that's a that's a good one. I I, I do think that you know Leighton has some built-in skepticism just because of what happened you know sure. these last few seasons. Yeah. So I, I think that there might be a little bit. You know, here's here's a guy that we hadn't really thought about him failing, but I mean we haven't really discussed where his stock is currently a lot either and what about donovan wilson you know he's That's a guy a who yeah he's a playmaker him in to start right yeah and and was a guy that we you know we're all looking forward to i i'm a huge donovan wilson fan but i still am you know allowing for the possibility that a guy like that could fall off a cliff you know and just and, and not be nearly the player that he was pre- previously last season so um you know i think someone like that maybe who kind of had a, uh, a a big year last year that about, maybe he's just not able to maintain. What about Tyler Biotish? Like somebody that we're all sure. expecting to take a step up and maybe for whatever reason he, he doesn't stay healthy or he's just not able to replicate what we saw last year. Like I think everybody's assumes Cowboys are fine at center. What yeah. if they're not? Yeah, you know, I think that's that, that could be a big problem. It's pretty weird that we're not mentioning Randy Gregory. Right. I mean, because I, I feel like there's a level of certainty there around him that I haven't hmm. felt in a long time. Right. Because you, know, I, you don't have I don't worry the, about the, Gregory. the stuff hanging over his head the way he does. So I know. But it's 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 odd because he's he definitely would have been a guy who yeah. should be eligible for this kind of award, if you want to call it, sure. uh, in previous seasons. And, and he's not even crossing our minds at this point. All right. Um, this next one is, is a really good one from Ryan. Uh, choose one player. We're going to say Dak's not a part of this. Whose performance could break or ma- or make or break the Cowboys this season? 
if CD Lamb has like in you know a top of the NFL you know wide receiver type of the year, mm-hmm. um, and and just really kind of comes in and dominates, uh, it could take this passing game to to new heights, you know, yeah. and and it yes. kind of rearrange how uh, uh, the passing attack is is run. You know, I mean, it may not it may not uh, affect like overall passing yardage numbers or passing touchdown numbers for, for Dak. But what it could do is uh, it could create a level of efficiency that maybe at times the, the Cowboys offense uh, uh, was lacking. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that, you know, if you were able to, if you're able to figure out an offense where CD lamb is your number one target and Cooper is getting all the secondary coverage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that there is something special. There, there's special stuff in the sauce. It's just got to be. It's got to be cooked up correctly. That's a, that's a really good one. I was thinking Trevon Diggs because yeah, sure. If he has a down year, this defense is in a lot of trouble. Like they are counting on him to be better than he was last year, and yeah. we've seen cornerbacks. You know, they they're one of these positions that's. It's not necessarily, necessarily linear, right? Like they don't yeah. always get better every single year. It can be a confidence mm-hmm. issue. If he's bad this year, <laughs> their secondary is going to be in a lot, a lot of trouble. But if he's really good and he does take that step and he's a you know a borderline Pro Bowl cornerback, I think we suddenly feel completely different about this team. Like if he becomes Byron Jones in two thousand, was it two thousand sixteen? Like if he's that level of cornerback, I think the defense is going to be just fine. So I, I think he's somebody who could definitely change the the fate of this Cowboys team. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you could say that. I mean, we're talking about individual players, but yes. I think if if Anthony Brown and and Jordan Lewis were able to play back to the level of what we expect them to normally play at, um, I, I think that would have almost the same effect, right? Like yes. if you're able to get back to quality, you know, just average above, slightly above average play from those guys, uh, I think you'd see a similar effect as, as if Trayvon Diggs were a pro bowler, just being able to kind of raise uh, a rising tide, raises all ships sort of situation. Mm. Uh, Next one comes from Chris. What are the least important positions on offense and defense? This is a very good general question. I'm I'm curious to hear your answer. Yeah. If you say fullback, uh, we're going to end this podcast. I didn't even think of that as a position anymore. You didn't even think of it as a position, (laughs) you monster. It's like VHS. I don't even think about VHS anymore. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, I, uh, so the most, the, the, the least important positions on offensive defense. Um, I mean, important, right. It's like individual value is, is, is we're placing on these, on these positions. I mean, I, I, I still have to say say the same answers. I think just based on value, right? It's like a, a one tech a run stuffing stuffing stopping yep. a run stuffing one technique. Yes, or nose it's, tackle. Yep, or nose tackle yes. is is just not valuable in the modern NFL. So I mean, it's or hard a not big, to put a big two hundred and sixty pound middle linebacker that just comes downhill, right? Are you talking about Jalen? Are you talking no, about? No, I was just, just giving an example. <laughs> just a general example. It's a general uh, example. Jeez, Landon. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm really, I'm really giving you a hard time because you would never say something like that. Uh, uh, I got the an answer off- for offense. What's what's your answer for offense? I'm not sure it's running back. Like I know a lot of people are going to assume that it's that I was going to say running backs because runningbacks don't matter. Dot com. Um, 
But that's not but actually not the, the art. That's not the yeah, argument. But it's, 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 the argument is not about the position. It's about right. It's about players, the players and how right? you feel yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you can make a case like one of the guard positions is actually less important than the running back position because if you have an average or below average guard, you're fine. Like you, it, it, the rest of the offensive line is okay. You can you can hide that player. If you just have a bad running back position in general, right, and you're just getting nothing from your running backs, that can be a problem. Then you're really handicapping your offense. What What about tight end? You know, because here's the thing. It's not it's uh, not that bad. Yeah, I agree. That's that's a good one. You the other can get thing away with it, bad tight ends. Yeah, because because not, not well, I mean, most of the league gets away with you know a very average at tight end. Well, you know, I, I think here's the thing think, about if you're bad at tight end, you know what you can do, Landon? Just not yeah. play one. Yeah. Or 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 you take that role and you play it with another position. You can have a, a slot wide receiver who can, you know run the seam you can have a, an, a, a six offensive lineman who can come in and block if you need an, another you use a fullback if you wanted to yeah you should use a fullback you should if you wanted to. Uh, uh yeah you know so i think tight end is is a position That's that a good one. Yeah. if you've got a great one it's great like it, it really is an incredibly valuable well, position to have i would say if, like if you have a great tight end that is more valuable than having, than having a great receiver because it's so yeah. hard to stop those elite tight ends and i mean it's a little bit random but we've seen look the last decade look at all the the teams that won the super bowls they all have travis kelsey or rob gronkowski or zach Ertz. i mean they all have these really good tight ends jimmy graham it's just so hard to defend those guys yeah and it, I, you know there's a causation versus correlation thing there and yeah, i know sure, you know that but 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 i think for sure like there is something there that it's uh it makes an offense more difficult to defend when you have a player who like I said, who normally you would have to sub, sub in a, an offensive lineman or an extra wide receiver. And now by not doing that, you're not tipping your hand pre-snap. Correct. So yes. having players like that is valuable. Um, but I would say, like, do you need a guy like that on your offense to have a good offense? No. Absolutely no. not. Well, we saw it last year, right? The Cowboys, or we were going to see it, right? They, When Dak was healthy, this was a great offense, and they had Dalton Schultz, who's a fine player, but it's – you know, he's not a pro still, bowler. He's yeah, not a pro I mean, bowler. he's not even yeah. close to a pro bowler. But then again, yeah. Evan Ingram was a pro bowler, so maybe I should. Take I mean, that what back. is close? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he actually was pretty close to a pro yeah, yeah, I guess he was. Uh, let's take one more pr- quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar, the absolute best tasting protein bar. It's hard to even explain it. Um, I can't wait till the show is done because I'm gonna go grab one because I'm getting hungry. It's I'm real hungry chocolate with amazing flavors. <laughs> Just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. Coconut almond, my new favorite right now. Mm. Um, go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 10% off your next box at builtbar.com. All right, uh, a couple more questions, Landon, before we head out. Uh, this one from Bronson. If Mike McCarthy has a subpar year and the Cowboys decide to get rid of him, who is the favorite to land the job? And more importantly, who can get them to be a title contender? I think we're both going to have the same answer here, but I'm curious to hear what you think. I think for the long term, to me, the answer would be Kellen Moore. It would be, yep. And then, yeah, just you know, kind of promote Dan Quinn a little bit as an assistant head coach to kind of help guide that ship a little bit. I, you know, I, I mean, it's hard not to look at Dan Quinn's hiring and think that a part of the appeal, at least a portion of it was an escape hatch. Right. Yeah. So, yes. Um, you know, I think that that, that's a natural uh, uh, transition to kind of Kellen Moore is a guy that we've 
speculated that they made promises that he would potentially be the head coach in waiting. Um, so it, it kind of makes sense that he would be the next. We haven't guy heard and, that, but it just it makes no. We haven't heard that directly, that. but but yeah. I mean, when you read between the lines and, yeah. and, and, and the way the whole thing with Boise kind of rolled out, like it just seems like hey, they, yeah. he, he got a really great offer from Boise. He was ready to go, and then Jerry, you know, did the Jerry thing. Did the Jerry <laughs> thing? Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. I, I, that's what it feels like. If Mike McCarthy's gone, I, somebody would have to absolutely blow them away for them not to hire Kellen Moore because yeah. the front office loves Kellen. I think he's really good. He's really smart. I think the Cowboys do like the appeal of trying to get a coach that will be here for the long term, right? Not somebody who is a two- or three- or four-year guy. They want somebody to be here for the next decade, like Jason yeah. Garrett. That's why they gave Jason Garrett so many opportunities because they wanted it to work out. But I think Kellen Moore is the – is the easy choice anybody else that you think makes sense or would be a consideration? You know, if they don't go with Kellen Moore, honestly, I imagine them doing a rather large coaching search. You know, I, I mean, I just think that's that, when I think they go for the big name college. Guy. Yeah. I like that's when you start looking at Lincoln Riley, right? Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Um, last question before we head out. Uh, actually, I think about 17 people asked us this one today. Uh, I'm not allowed to answer this apparently, but is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? No. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I agree. Uh, you should uh, turn into the Locked On Giants podcast, I believe, on Thursday oh, for boy. a heated debate on whether Eli Manning is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, by the way, Lane, I don't know if you saw this chart yesterday. Uh, I just, for for no reason at all, I posted this chart uh, from every quarterback since 2004 with at least 2,000 passing attempts. Uh, and sorted by yards per attempt. Do you know who has the most yards per attempt ever since 2004? Is it Romo? It's Romo. Guess who's number yeah. six? <laughs> It'd be Dak. Guess who's not in the side of the top 30? Yeah, yours truly, Eli Manning. <laughs> yours truly? Wait, you're on the list? <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Eli's 30 on the list? He's right next to other really accomplished NFL quarterbacks such as Josh McCown, Nick Foles, Ke- uh, Case Keenum, Ryan Fitzpatrick, David Garrard, Andy Dalton. All right, before we go, tell tell them tell them the other thing that you told me before we got on the show about Eli that, that I still can't believe is true. Do you remember? I, I, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'll be, I can double check it right now. But Eli Manning has two Super Bowl wins, right? I, you cannot mm-hmm. take that away from him. But it's important to remember uh, that he he played since 2004, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe he only made the playoffs twice. So both times he made the playoffs, he won the Super Bowl, and he played in you know what twelve seasons, and he only only was yeah, in the so, playoffs twice. So all right, I got it right here. So two thousand five, two thousand uh, two thousand five, they made the playoffs, but I believe he was a backup then. I don't think he started. Oh no, he did. He threw three interceptions that year. He had one game and he threw three interceptions. Good job, Eli. Two thousand seven, <laughs> they made the playoffs. They they won it. Two thousand eleven, they made the playoffs and they won it. 2016, they made the playoffs. Uh, they lost in the wild card round. Uh, he completed 50% of his passes. He threw an interception. Um, played absolutely awful. So I guess it was four times, but only three times. But, but maybe we should just go ahead and do him the favor and forget those other two times. <laughs> He's not good. Right. I don't know what people want me. To, I mean, I know, I know there's a section of Giants fans that absolutely love him. But listen, if the goal is you win two Super Bowls and the rest of your career is irrelevant and you get into the Hall of Fame, 
then does every player that was on the Giants from 2007 and 2011 deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Does Brandon Here, Jacobs deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Here's the problem, right? And, and we should not go on this too long, but uh, you know, the, the argument is always being said is, can you tell the story, the history of the NFL without this? The reason yes. that they, the reason that they may have an argument here is because of the Patriots, not because of them, right? Because yeah, it was the Patriots that they beat. Exactly. It's because they beat the Patriots twice, and well, they were the only team that had any success, really had any success there. So I, I also think, that think that's- like, if, if Tom Brady hits Randy Moss at the end of that game on that fly pattern that he almost connected on, and they, the Patriots win that game, are we even talking about Eli as if, a Hall of Famer? Like, you Patrick can't have Creighton- one play to find you. If Patrick Creighton catches the ball, I mean, right, you know, right. like That's, we could we could we could cut this off at the head right. if you wanted all go all the way back and just swap out Romo if we could. That Your would Hall be good. Of fame as well. Career should be every season, right? That basically were you a top five player at your position for multiple years? And the answer for Eli is no. no. There was no year that he was a top five quarterback. There was no year that he was a top five. Let alone somebody who was multi seasons of a top quarterback. And the argument that I've been seeing on Twitter from Giants fans is, um, well, the other quarterbacks were so good during Eli's. It's not, not his fault. Okay. It's, I mean, that's what it, it, not to me either. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's like, like, okay, that's yeah. part of being a Hall of Fame is being yeah. the best among your peers. It's, if you're not, it's also part of competition from what I yeah. understand, too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm getting fired up already talking about this just because I think, it's, honestly, here's what, here's the problem. Eli gets so much praise and Romo got crapped on his entire yeah, career. That's the problem. And there's no question who is the better quarterback. Yeah. Every, especially every, now. Yeah. Especially now. We all look back and none of us would, would question it. And it's like it's so frustrating to have gone through that and 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 yes. have been through the Romo and, and Eli Wards. And now everyone just on the other side of it assumes says that Romo is better. And it's like where were all you guys didn't do that at the time. Five years ago. Yeah. I I I I remember when Romo, even like 2007, 2008, it was almost like a a joke that was he was on the field. And he was treated he was treated by like as a joke by some people. And then other people treated him like he was the number one pick in the draft. And he got ridiculous criticism. Yeah. Deep breaths. This this I could go on and on. It's over. It's over now. So it doesn't matter. It's over. It's over. Uh That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the show uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We're going to do our tight end preview sometime this week, uh, so make sure you guys are tuning in for that. We're only about a month away from training camp, so we're getting close. We'll see you guys next time.